Tens of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. It is critical we keep AM radio in all cars and all trucks. Hey, Sean Hannity here. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio. It is the backbone of the emergency alert system, and that keeps us safe in dangerous times because when cell and Internet services are down, AM radio might be your only lifeline. Now text AM to the number 52886. Tell Congress that we need AM radio in our cars. Text AM to 528. Eight, six today. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was going to do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. Just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Service's loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, Field Live from the Hoopy Insurance Services Studios, this is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, The Fan, Fort Wayne, Indiana. This is a presentation of high school sports on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. The Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show. Learn more about the Hoopy Fieldhouse. Now available to schedule practice times for your league or team at HoopyFieldhouse.com. Now here's your host, Justin Kenny. Happy Thursday evening, everybody. Welcome into the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. I am Justin Kenny here for an entire hour tonight, we'll be talking high school football. Week two of the high school football season kicks off tomorrow evening. We'll put a 
nice fancy bow on week one and look ahead to another big night of action throughout Indiana. We'll break it down here over the next about 55 minutes or so. Joining us here in just a second, Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net. We'll talk about the matchups coming up tomorrow. Also talk about the news that came out today regarding Bishop DeWanger. No longer a 5A, now a 4A for this season. We'll talk about that. 615, Alex Brandewey of the Eastside Blazers, new head coach of Eastside, will join us. His team will take on Adam Central in Butler tomorrow. We'll talk about his team's week one win and how they're prepping for the Flying Jets. Bottom of the hour, Casey Colkman, head coach of the Heritage Patriots, will join us, and then we'll wrap it up at around 645. Kurt Tipman of the Snyder Panthers will join us. The Panthers heading up to Kendallville to take on East Noble tomorrow night. So a lot to get to, and let's kick it off with our buddy from outside the huddle.net, Mr. Dan Vance. Dan, good evening. How we doing? Are you there, Dan? Can you hear us? Uh, I can hear you. Oh, you're breaking up in and out. I don't know where you're at. In a bunker? Uh, you know, still breaking up a little bit, but um, I, 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 well, what, did you take anything out of week one? I mean, anything surprise you coming out of week one? He's silent, everybody. Are you there, Dan? I. All right. Well, what did you take out of week one? Um, you know, the the Snyder victory over Warren Central, obviously the, the difference in that score is, is the big thing to take away. But I think that a lot of things followed suit in week one. We may have lost him again. We may have lost Dan. We'll keep trying to get uh, Dan back. But I think when you look at the SAC going two and eight on the night and people will say, well, the SAC down. But um, there were some good games in there. Uh, there were some really, really interesting games, particularly the one you heard here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM, in terms of Homestead and Carmel. That was a tie game late in the game. And if, uh, if Homestead doesn't throw a pick six, they could potentially have won that game. Uh, you look at just what Homestead did to Warren Central as well. And taking a lot out of that one. And so while the two, it was 2-8 and eight overall, there were some things to like. But, Dan, you with us? I'm with you. All right, good. I don't know if I am, but um, well, you were talking about the 2-8 the, the and eight record of, of, of the SAC. Is it indicative of what resulted in week one, or do you think maybe there's some hidden gems in there? I definitely think there's some hidden gems. I think that, uh, you know, well, I think they wanted to be more than 2-8, and eight, and I think we expected them to be more than 2-8 and eight in the conference. Uh, we talked about it last week. It's you're, you're going to take some knocks with this non-conference schedule, and that's kind of meant to be. Kind of meant to be to build SAC teams up for for deeper runs in the postseason with tougher schedules. We talked about it um, last week, and then coming into this one too about Snyder, Warren Central, and the challenges. But now Carroll, after really struggling against Hamilton Southeastern, throwing two pick sixes, not being able to protect Jimmy Sullivan, and now. They have to take a Warren Central team on that really was 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 beat up by Snyder and has revenge on their mind. This is a pivotal week for Carroll because they come in the season as the bona fide favorite in the SAC, and already after one week, people are jumping ship. So how important is this for Carroll's mindset and also really to be a direct gauge 
against Snyder with the common opponent of Warren Central? I think for the mindset, I mean, uh, the for me, it has to be strong, and we're going to see what kind of team Carroll is early here, just testing their metal. You know, they had costly turnovers last week. Their offensive line did not do a great job protecting Jimmy Sullivan. And so can they bounce back from those things? How quickly can they fix the errors? Uh, and I think that's the biggest part of what we're going to see with Carroll this week against Warren Central, regardless of the outcome of the game, regardless of the score. If, you know, they win by more than Snyder did, can they fix those things uh, in a matter of six days? And I think that's the biggest thing we're going to learn about Carroll this week. All right, let's talk about Bishop Dwenger. Announced today by the ISWA, reclassification from 5A to 4A for this season. People will say, will cry foul going, what's going on? We already started the season. This is what's going on. So you have the success factor that I swear every year it has another layer. Right when I think I understand it, I don't. Is for the two-year cycle, which began before last season, is Bishop Dwenger was bumped up a class to 5A because of success factor. It was then given the option in small, tiny print in the bylaws of the IHSAA that any team that was bumped up a class could re-reevaluate it after one year, provided they did not score a postseason point, which means they did not win a sectional. Bishop DeWanger did not win a sectional. Bishop DeWanger wanted to be moved back to 4A. IHSAA gave him the runaround for a fair amount of time, and the, and the result is finally after Bishop DeWanger pushed and pushed and pushed, this was changed. So it seems kind of like shenanigans a little bit, but Bishop Dwanger was in its right to ask for a request to be pushed back down. It's just unfortunate that this is coming out on the eve of week two. So it's pretty much uh, the IHSAA making something reasonably small into a big deal is what it sounds like. Yeah, you know, I think that the uh, the biggest issue that I see with it, and everyone's going to take their own issue out of it. There's going to be people who say, oh, the private schools are getting whatever they want again. Um, but my biggest issue is the timing of it, you know, and the timing uh, that it affects these sectionals. Obviously, Dwinger moves into into 4A sectional 19, Columbia City to 4A control to this. Now only has three teams. Yeah, that's the big thing with sectional 12. We'll, we'll talk to Kurt, Kurt Tippman about that. Is Whoever gets the buy in that three-team section will have a double buy because 5A and 6A don't play in week 10. So it sounds like a nice stretch of no games, but that's shaken off the rust significantly to get ready for that sectional championship game. So it doesn't just impact Bishop Dwanger. It impacts a lot of teams' realignment in, in sectionals and, and now with just a three-team sectional in 5A. We kind of lost Dan there again. We'll try to get him back. But basically, this is what it's coming down to, folks, is Bishop DeWenger was bumped to 5A because of the success factor, okay? That usually lasts two seasons. It's two-year cycles. If you get dropped, if you get bumped, it's two years. But the ITSAA put in this bylaw, really tiny print, with an asterisk that said if a team is bumped up after one year, if it does not 
win a sectional or more, so it doesn't garner a postseason point, that school can then ask the IHSAA to be dropped out. Or I think the bylaws said something, the IHSAA will reevaluate that team on whether it stays or not. I think DeWenger was under the impression that they would just automatically drop back down to 4A. And I think the IHSAA was under the impression that DeWenger would just stay, want to stay at 5A. Neither of those were correct. So I really think that there was just a massive miscommunication. DeWanger, from what I understand, continuously tried to get a hold of the IHSAA and was not able to get a bona fide answer. That's why we're sitting in here on August 24th and this being an issue and coming out because now people are crying foul with private schools and, oh, DeWanger paying people off and, and they're not very good this year. So they, they manipulated the system, dropped down to 4A. It's not... There's no shenanigans here. This is just something that lasted a heck of a lot longer than it should. Now, you can make the argument that would say, hey, Dwenger has had no problem in the past playing up. And you could say with some of those top teams even three, five years ago, Bishop Dwenger would be perfectly fine in 5A. But I think we saw last week that this is a Bishop Dwenger team that is not as good as even three, four, five years ago with those runs to state and, and winning regional championships and stuff like that, at least right now. And you look at 5A as compared to 4A and DeWanger, quote unquote, avoiding Snyder in that 5A. Now they drop down. But you can make the argument that they're still have some difficult teams that they're going to have to play on in, in Class 4A in Sectional 19 they're now being placed in. Unfortunately, Columbia City now gets to get bumped to sectional 20 and be put in there with Kokomo, the team that knocked them off last year in the regional and beat Leo last week and currently is a top five team in 4A based on the polls. So it's not just impacting DeWanger. And we'll talk to Coach Kurt Tippin later in the hour from Snyder. And I'm sure it's the last thing on his mind, but we'll ask him what is the impact, if anything, today's news does for the Snyder Panthers once they get deeper into the season and potentially face a team that either coming off the double bye or if you have the double bye. So a lot to analyze with this, and that's kind of breaking it down, what's happened today. Dwanger, once again, going from 5A sectional 12 down to 4A sectional 19. We're going to take a break, come back. There's a big game up in, in Butler tomorrow night. Adam Central, Eastside coach Alex Brandewi will join us from the Eastside Blazers. We'll talk about his team's week one game and the preparations for the Flying Jets. Coming up after this, you're listening to the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Applied Innovation. Whether you're looking to increase sales or save money, Applied Innovation has your answer. Listen to Brian Vela, president of United Image Group, a veteran-owned business. So over four and a half years you know, that we've been doing it, we have seen our sales more than triple, and the equipment that we put in place has allowed us to take the additional sales and still have our customers experience the same type of customer service that they knew when we were at the start. Colleen Lowe, director of marketing and admissions at Immaculate Heart of Mary Catholic School, had this to say about Applied 
applied innovation. They're teaching us how to use the equipment that we have to our benefit and also to save us money. So they are there whenever we need them, and I really mean that. Applied innovation, solutions for printing, network support, electronic content management, document destruction, and much more. Call Applied Innovation today and get a team that's there when you need them. 800-521-0983 or visit AppliedInnovation.com. Applied Innovation, fast, friendly, amazing. Are you ready to pack with power and precision? Packer Jack, your local packaging experts. From stretch wrap to banding, tapes to corner boards, and edge protection and PPE, we've got it all to ensure your shipments arrive safe and sound. We offer stretch wrap machines and battery-operated banders for ultimate efficiency and convenience. At Packer Jack, we take pride in delivering top-notch quality and exceptional service. Visit us today or online at PackerJack.com and experience the difference with the trusted packaging partner right here in the Tri-State area. Wrap it up with Packer Jack. PackerJack.com. Hot dog! It's hot out! I guess what they say is true! These really are the dog days of summer. Fred Grody here from Grody Mitsubishi, and I refuse to roll over in this heat. So this month, I'm cooling things down with one hot dog of a sale. That means right now you can save up to $5,000 on a new Mitsubishi you love. Based on the price of the car you pick, only during my dog days of summer sale. So if your old ride leaves you feeling like you're barking up the wrong tree, bring it to me, and I'll help you save up to $5,000 on a ride you can shake your tail at. But Fred, what if my credit's a little rough? My For the People credit approval process keeps the banks on a short leash. We work like a dog to make the impossible pause-able. But hurry! The dog days of summer won't last long and neither will this sale. I'm positive you won't regret stopping by. I'm Fred Grody and I'm a dealer for the people. Visit me between Lake and State on Coliseum. Get pre-approved at GrodyNation.com. That's GrodyNation.com. Credit requires bank approval. Vehicle purchase price determines actual discount. Offer absolutely expires August 31st, 2023. This is the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody, to the High School Coaches Show presented by Coopy Fieldhouse. I'm Justin Kenny. Here till 7 o'clock, we'll give way to Colts preseason football. Indianapolis finishing up their preseason slate tonight against Philly. Anthony Richardson getting the start. How long does he play? We'll find out. Tonight, coverage begins again at 7 o'clock. Before that, we're talking area high school football. And we're going to talk some NECC football with uh, Coach Alex Brandewey of the Eastside Blazers. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Coach. Congratulations on on win number one with the Blazers. It, it wasn't an easy assignment for you to go on the road at Woodland to open the season, but um, you guys were able to get it done, a 30-20 to 20 victory. Take me through it in getting it done. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So uh, we, we knew going in last Friday night that, that Woodland has some athletes, some athletes that can, that can really play, and if you give those kids uh, some space to make a play. They're not going to miss those opportunities. And um, we found that out on the opening kickoff, and they took it back to the house. And one of my assistants kind of kept kept the mood where it needed to be, and he walked past me and said, pretty sure that's not how you wanted your first play East said to go, was it? <laughs> and I said, no, no, not exactly. But uh, huge credit to our guys, to our kids. Uh, they responded all night long. Uh, we, we had the kickoff return, and then we threw an interception that got returned for a touchdown right before the half. And... Um, they just, kept, they just kept responding to, to any time there was a challenge or adversity. Uh, we committed some penalties, and then on top of those other two big mistakes, some things that we got to cleaned up, get cleaned up. But um, all in all, I was really pleased with the physicality and the way we were able to kind of um, control tempo of the game running the football. 
Coming in as a, a first-year coach and taking over for, for Coach Todd Mason, when you when you kind of approach it as a new coach, a new program, but an established program, do you try to come in and you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my stamp on it, but I don't want to change too much. I don't want to change the, the, uh, the atmosphere around here because sometimes you take over a program and you're really building it for, up from scratch. You're trying to lay the foundation, right? But you're taking over an established program. How does that change your mindset? Yeah, it's been a thing that since, you know, the minute I got hired and, and from the first time I met with the kids here and met with our players, um, it, it's been, hey, I, I want to be additive. I wanted to con- continue to build the thing that's already being, been built here or being built here. Coach Mason and his staff did a fantastic job for the last six or seven years of laying a fantastic uh, foundation and, and making some deep, some deep tournament runs. And I just, I just told him, I said, listen, I'm not here to, 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 to fundamentally change what Eastside football is or how it operates or what it looks like. I want, to, I want to kind of make an impact how I can. It's the same mindset our guys approach everything with. You know, We talk on Thursdays before we have our team meal about, about making sure that you're doing your, your part, whatever your part is, whatever your role is. And right now my role is as the head coach at Eastside, and so I'm trying to make sure that I'm, I'm making an impact in whatever ways that I can. Coach, when you look at, at offensively, and it's, it's been powered for the last couple of years by that offensive line, and Dane Siebert, one of the best around, and it really has started there for Eastside over the last couple of years. And you've been able to continue that this season and really being able to build around it because you do have some youth in other areas offensively. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we start three seniors up front. Um, and so that's, we kind of know that's where our experience lies. Um, yes, it's a senior quarterback, but he, he's a first-year starter right. uh, as a senior, Wyatt Davis. So he's done a fantastic job. But you're right. Other than that, you know, we we got a sophomore running back. We got juniors and sophomores playing wide receiver, uh, a sophomore playing tight end. So there is some youth around that. And so, so you kind of lean on your experience, you lean on your on your guys that you know have been in those have been in those 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 big time moments, those big time games that they that know what it takes to grind out grind out a couple first downs to put a game away and. To be honest with you, it fits pretty well in with what I want to do anyway. I mean, I, I believe in running the football, and so from a from a philosophy standpoint, it kind of fits like a hand in a glove. Coach, defensively, you you rely on a fair amount of juniors on that side that that may be older, but don't necessarily have the experience on that side of the ball either. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bunch of young kids on that side of the ball as well. And the biggest thing for us going into week one was I just I just needed them to get game experience playing together and communicating. And it was the biggest focus for us going into last week was making sure that we are communicating uh, both across the, in the box and in the secondary and making sure everybody gets lined up correctly. And we got some, some guys that are, are really stepping up in that regard. E.J. Miller is a, senior, or a, a junior safety that has taken on a much more vocal role in our defense. Uh, and so it's been great to see guys like that that are juniors and, and sophomores kind of step up and be the more vocal components of our defense, making sure that we're aligned correctly, we understand our assignments, and then when the ball snaps, let's go play fast and hit. Coach, so much is made about players adjusting to a new coach. How has a new coach had to adjust to a new program? It's been great, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I kind of just—it's been one of those things where this is who I am, and this is how this is how I am. And and, and the biggest part for me is, is building relationships with our guys, getting to know who they are, getting to know a little bit about them. And making sure that we are pulling in the same direction. So, yeah, there's definitely been some some adjustments and some transition, both from a relationship building standpoint and and even just an X's and O's terminology standpoint. You know, it's not fundamentally different, but the way something was called previously for them, it just it sounds a little different. So, the biggest part of that starts with getting to know the kids, building relationships, and starting to establish a little bit of trust. 
Uh, and I, I know we're still early in this thing, but I think we're we're heading in the right direction. And with that young core that you that you referenced, I think you know whether whether it looks great every time out or doesn't always look as, as good as we want it to. I know the work those guys are putting in Monday through Thursday. I know they're watching film. I know they're in the scouting report. I know they're doing all the right things that are going to lead us to, to have some opportunities to be successful, whether it's every Friday night or, or as they continue to grow and develop. Coach Alex Brandewey of the Eastside Blazers joining us and formerly the coach of Manchester. Coach, is it too easy to just say rural kids are rural kids? So the kids you coach at Manchester, same type of kids at Eastside. Is that is that too simple? I think there are some similarities and there are some differences, no doubt. Um, and that's not to say one is necessarily better than the other. It's just a different situation is probably the best way I can put it. But there, there are definitely some similarities going from one, one rural community to another. Um, myself, I grew up in a, in a small rural community in West Central Ohio. So it's kind of what been what I've been familiar with and comfortable with for, for most of my life. Uh, and, and I think as a result of that, I'm kind of drawn to those to those groups. I'm drawn to that kind of an environment. It's been a good fit for me. And we're, I'm, I'm very fortunate here at Eastside that these kids have responded to everything I've ever asked them to do. They work their tails off. They lift all, all year around. It, it's just Eastside football matters an awful lot to them, and, and I feel very grateful to have the opportunity to be the head coach here. Kicked off the season with a dub. Now you get Adam Central coming in. This has been a... A really good matchup the last several years in week two. It's gone back and forth. Eastside was, um, was, fell on the road at Monroe last year, but before that, it was a two point win. Before that, a couple touchdown win, uh, then an Adam Central win before that. This has really gone both ways, and the teams are, are familiar with, the, with each other. You're new to it, but what have you seen from Adam Central, and what's this game going to come down to? Yeah, it's an exciting week two matchup. Uh, I can't wait for tomorrow night. Uh, I'm super excited. I know our guys are as well. Um, when you watch Adam Central on film, it, the things that come, kind of come across to me is that those kids are, are extremely well coached and disciplined. They play with that discipline. And, and then the physicality and comfort in doing what they do, they do it really, really well. Um, and whether that's the guys up front, you know, I know the Worm kid didn't play last week. Fully expect to see him tomorrow night. But it almost seems like no matter who's in there, whether it's up front or, or in the backfield or in the secondary or wherever you might look, those kids have such a firm belief in what they're asked to do or what they're coached to do that they execute extremely well. And you combine that with the fact that they got some darn good football players on top of it, and it, it's quite a formidable opponent. There's no doubt about that. But we've been telling our kids all week that it, it is a, it's a fantastic opportunity for us you know, early in the season to prepare for somebody at that level. Because at some point, if you're, if you're going to make any kind of run in the tournament whatsoever, you're going to have to play somebody that's pretty darn good. And you know that's out there, and you know that's down the road. So we feel very fortunate to have an opportunity to prepare for that kind of opponent in week two because they, they are a very, very good football team, and we're really excited for the challenge tomorrow night. And, Coach, that f this first portion of the schedule really lays well out for those goals of postseason. Woodland is, not, is, not a, is, is a very solid team. Then you get Adam Central this week. You got West Noble coming in that may be the most complete team in the entirety of the NECC. Then you have to go to Cherubusco. I know they're young, but it's it's never easy to go to Turtletown. So this this yep. first month of the season, even the first three weeks before you get into division play, you're going to find out a lot about your squad. Yeah, that's the best part is we're going to learn. That's exactly what we keep saying as a coaching staff is, you know, we are going to learn a ton about who we are, about who fits where, who can do what, who fits that role, this role, and the other role, uh, because we are going to have, you know, several weeks in a row here coming out the gate where 
we're going to have to play a good football game. You know, we have to play. We have to play good. We had to play a good football game last week against Woodland to have success. Same case, same thing this week, and, and again the following week. And it's for us starting as many sophomores and juniors as you mentioned earlier. Um, it's fantastic for us to help us de- develop an identity, kind of figure out who we are and where we stand so early in the year. And and no kickoff returns for touchdowns tomorrow night, right? The home yeah, the home yeah, start you, will be better man, than the road man, start. You're not kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I was glad I was glad Coach Bro said something because I was yeah that's about as, that's about as uh, nervous or or fired up as I've ever been on a sideline because you just never want it to start like that in week one anyway. Uh, but week one game one at Eastside was was definitely not the um, the start I was looking for. So if we can limit limit that tomorrow night that would be fantastic for my blood pressure <laughs> all right buddy hey congratulations on win number one with the blazers and uh, good luck tomorrow night against ac thank you so much i really appreciate it that was coach alex brandewee of the east side blazers joining us here talking east side one and oh after the 30 to 20 win over woodland last week another team that's one and oh fresh off a dub in week one a shutout win over belmont on the road heritage patriots Head coach Casey Kolkman to join us after the break to talk some Pats football here on the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Service's loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting. And it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather, like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's hoopy, H-U-P-E, fieldhouse.com. Do you know what makes you so special you're unique your personality style and your likes and dislikes that's why blade man's knife shop is your inventory to connect you with the knife that will seem like it was custom made just for you hi this is mark the owner of blade man's knife shop and i'd like to personally invite you out to the store to see the area's best selection of quality knives we have bench made spider coat microtech protect code zero tolerance medford knife and tool adv tactical tour knives and many more we also have a great selection of custom knives prefer to shop online check out our great selection on blade man's knife shop we pride ourselves on fast shipping. So check us out on BladeMansKnifeShop.com or stop by the store in the shops of Scout Road and have a cup of coffee on me. Be in the know and follow BladeMans on Facebook and Instagram today. And BladeMans offers a 10% discount for police and military. Check out the collection of Shun Knives, the finest in kitchen cutlery. Plus get in-store services including blade sharpening. BladeMans Knife Shop on Illinois Road in the shops of Scott Road. We know to contact Indiana 811 at least two working days before every dig. But did you know spraying a white line around your digging area means utility flags will be placed only in that area? Fewer flags in the yard, easier mowing, everybody wins. Except for my kid. I don't want to mow the yard! Contact Indiana 811 and white line before every project. It's the only way to dig. Learn more at 811.safedigindiana.com. Sponsored by the Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission and aired by this station. 
I can't think of any way to improve upon the service that I receive. Gibson's Heating and Plumbing is your independent American Standard heating and air conditioning dealer that is ranked number one out of nearly 300 dealers nationwide in customer satisfaction. Here's what Gibson's customers are saying. The office is always courteous. Gibson's service tech is exceptional in his attitude and performance and is friendly and efficient as he follows up, explains what he's done that day and what needs to be done if there's going to be a follow-up. Kudos to Gibson's for their outstanding service. Your independent American Standard heating and air conditioning dealer. Gibson'sHeating.com. You are listening to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody, to the High School Coaches Show. My name is Justin Kenny. We're here till 7 o'clock. Talking high school football will give way to Colts football. Preseason football game number three. It'll cap the preseason for the Colts and the Eagles. As Anthony Richardson gets the start tonight against Philly, how long does he play? A series, two series, a quarter, two quarters. We'll see what the Colts have in store, but you can listen to all the action here at the top of the hour, 7 o'clock. Between then and now, we're talking area high school football and talk some ACAC football with our buddy Casey Colkman, head coach of the Heritage Patriots. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well, Justin. How are you guys? Not bad. You had a team dinner tonight. How was the spread? Well, we're we're still here. The boys are eating, so I slipped away to help you out. You know, so. <laughs> Lord out knows I need it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Coach, recap: You went to Belmont last week and, and took care of business. Kobe Meyer had a, a hell of a night, and I expect we'll see more of those this year out of him. But just a dominant performance from your guys in Week One. Well, yeah, I hope so. I hope we can continue to do that with Kobe, and uh, you know, he's a dynamic player and a great kid, and you know, great leader on our team. So, um, you know, the thing now is obviously, and you know, we knew coming in, people are going to have a bit of a target on him. And, you know, the better he does, the bigger the target's going to get. So, you know, he's aware of that, and so are we. But, you know, Belmont was, was feisty. You know, they came out and uh, played hard. They were they were really good up front. And, uh, you know, it took us a minute to kind of get things going. You know, I think it was 14 nothing at half. And, um you know, halftime, we made a few adjustments and, you know, dug in a little bit and then started to pull away. So, yeah, we were pleased with that. You know, the bigger thing is everyone wants to talk about Kobe, but defensively, you know, we were extremely pleased with, with how that unit played. I think uh, Belmont had under 150 yards total offense and um, and obviously didn't score. So, you know, anytime you can pitch shutout, it's impossible to lose. So the offense doesn't have to be great uh, if the other team doesn't score. And, Coach, when you look at that defensive performance, and you really can't judge your defense to get them in game action in the regular season. Did they did they live up to your expectations? Did you come into this game thinking this was a performance they could put together, or did you really notice some things that stood out for you? Yeah, we, you know, the over the summer, the way they performed, we, we scrimmage, you know, bigger schools usually in the summertime uh, intentionally, um, and we performed well against them, better than we had in the past, and, you know, the scrimmage against Lures, our defense held. Um, at least our, our first unit did a really good job against Lures' first unit. So, you know, there was there was the the signs that we could be really good. You know, and then but like you said, until you the until you're really in it, you're not sure. And you know that style of offense can always be tricky. You know, they were double tight, double wing, and um, you know. So now we're getting getting Fairfield, and we're going to see similar, not not same, but similar type things so yeah we're excited about the the unit the defensive unit yeah how much does that help at least seeing that misdirection type style in week one getting ready 
for Coach Thacker's Fairfield team? Yeah, it's you know it's the it's the the outflanks stuff. You know, it's the you know the inside sweep, the rocket toss, and then the counter back, and then it's the you know with Fairfield then they they run some beer out of it too, some triple options. So you know the the offense forces you to be disciplined. You know, and so you can have a really good, talented defense and still get gashed pretty good if you don't play discipline. So, you know, that's why going from Belmont to Fairfield, we feel, is a, is a good step for us, um, especially Fairfield does some things that are similar uh, to future opponents. So um, we're just in their quality program. You know, Coach Thacker does a good job, and, you know, they were, what, 9-0 and nine and a couple years back, and uh, they got a – very strong group again this year. They're big up front. They got some speed. They got a hammer of a fullback. So it's going to be a good challenge. We're excited, but, you know, they're coming to us. We get to open the home field this year, and so uh, it should be fun. It should be a good environment tomorrow night. Coach, looking at that defense, there's a lot of kids that have been around now for multiple seasons and seniors that are now used to you for multiple years, and and how much has that helped? Because for a long time we looked at Heritage and said, okay, well, they got a really good linebacker, but everybody else is young. Well, those young guys are now seniors for you, and they showed out at least in week one. Yeah, that's, you know, and the, the cool thing is, is, you know, you look up front, and almost all of those defensive linemen that, that Coach Havish coaches, they all throw for him in the spring on the track team. You know, so, so Coach Havish has spent more than just football seasons with those kids. He's also spent track seasons with them. So just the bond between those young men and Coach Abish is just phenomenal. And for us, that's where everything starts is up front. So you know, you take guys like Logan Teichman and, and Charlie Riddle and Brandon Boyle and Parker Hennessy and Carson Lowe and you know, just the, the list of kids that we work up front on the defensive side, um, and the experience they have not just with us, but just with coach in various roles. And then, you know, like you said, uh, Caleb Abbott, a linebacker, and Colvin Gilbert at outside, and Landon Hicks has been a three-year starter at safety, and you know, and so yeah, ex- nothing, nothing can replace experience, especially when it's a high school kid, um, and they're they're in their, you know, their twentieth game, their thirtieth game, and uh, and they they've seen some things, and they've learned from them, and they're better for it. So yeah, we're we're very excited about that fact too, that we do have some older guys that understand what it's going to take and what they need to do. So, 100%. Coach Casey Kolkman, Heritage Patriots, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show, presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Coach, I was talking to Sherwood Haydock before the season started, and he's also in year four. You're in year four. And he said, man, this is the first year I really feel like this is my team from top to bottom, and these guys are used to me. Uh, what kind of philosophy do you take? Is it your team from the jump year one? I'm sure pieces of it do, but – when does it really feel top to bottom? Everybody knows what to expect, and you know what to expect from them. When does that hit? Because you've had these different places you've been where it's taken a couple of years to get going. But when does it truly feel like, hey, this is my squad? Yeah, I mean, Sherwood's in, been in similar positions that I've been in, and he's been much more successful, you know. So I think he's dead on. And, you know, the first year you come in and you, you have to – you just have to snatch the reins by force. <laughs> and you just have to, I mean, you just have to, you have to scoop everything up and, and you have to be the guy, you know, and if anybody knows Sherwood, he has no problem doing that. Neither do I. And, um, and that's okay for a year, but at some point, you know, and it's usually the second year that transition has to occur. And that's, that can be a very difficult, um, and tedious and just, it's a hard process because the transition has to come, not just from me to the kids, but from me to the assistant coaches. 
and everybody in the program now, as they start to take ownership and they start to buy in a little more and believe a little more, and then you don't have to be the guy so much anymore, <clears throat> you know. And so now in year four, not only are we with these seniors that have been with us since day one, but now I have three coordinators, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator who both played at Heritage for Coach Yeager just like I did. I have a special teams coordinator who does an outstanding job, who's been with us for three years now. And so, you know, I can be a head coach. And it's, it's a new experience for me, but the point is, is now we're in the, in the situation where everybody has a stake in the, in the franchise. It's not just my franchise. And when that happens, it's usually year three or four, you know, coach is right. When that happens, then you really got something. And so I think what he means by saying, I feel like it's my team, it's because now they are all on fully on board with everything that you have tried to roll out over the past two or three years. To add to that, though, I think the parts that people miss are the first couple of years, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's laborious, man. It's yeah. tough. It's so tough. And uh, so I'm just, I'm, we're extremely proud of the kids that have stuck around. You and, know, the kids that have that came in year one, and we took our lumps four yeah. years ago. We went two and six and had a couple games canceled because of COVID, and we've just slowly gotten better every year, and this team is it's the best team we've coached. Now, hopefully that translates into wins, um, but they're still the best team we've coached to date, and so we're proud of where they are regardless of what happens. Coach, kind of leads into my next question because I, I, I imagine the most important thing when building a program, you can't cut corners. You can't give in to a head case or this just because he's really good. You have to lay that foundation. You can't, oh, if I run this offense this year, we'll probably be a lot better, but I want to do this long term. And, and you sacrifice that. Is How important is it not to cut those corners, to stick to the plan over multiple years, even when you have maybe some small losses and have some attrition with players and coaches, and how important is it to stick to your guns? Right. I, I think it, as important as that is to sticking to your guns is make sure you have the right guns. Yeah. Make sure you're doing the right things because if you come in and try to lay down the law and there's things that the kids haven't fully understood or bought into yet, they're going to walk away. And you can stand there and be Mr. Tough Guy and – lay down the law, but then pretty soon you're standing in a weight room with six kids. Mm -hmm. And then what do you do? You know, so it takes a certain, you know, a little bit of craftiness, a little bit of, uh, you know, tact, you know, some, you know, you got to do some talking and you got to talk to some parents and you got to, you know, you just got to do those things to just convince people to be a part of, because at the end of the day, you know, why should they trust you? Why should they trust you with their son? You're just another coach coming along, you know, uh, what, what's so great about you? What, what's going to be the benefit? So you have, to, you have to prove that to them over those first few years. And if you do that correctly, most parents understand, yeah, they want to win and they want their kids to be successful, but they understand that those boys are going to be a part of life a lot longer than they're going to be a part of football. And so if you can prove that you're doing things that are bigger than football, then I think you got them. You know, and you get the community and you get the families in. And then you start winning a few games and then, oh, boy, you know, look out, right? And that's what, you know, to go back to Sherwood, that's what he's been able to do the places he's been. You know, he established the program and then they were able to win some games. And next thing you know, you know, Harding's going to state and Woodland's going to state. And there's something to that, you know. And it's not just Sherwood Haydock. There's something to his – there's a method to the madness, right? So, yeah, no doubt. 
And I have to imagine last year was that year where, hey, you start winning games and people start noticing. You know, you beat South Adams. You go to Bluffton and beat the Tigers. That that team won a sectional championship. So when you've done that last year, now you can build on that this year. You're looking at a schedule that goes Fairfield, Woodland, South Adams, Adams Central, LaPel, Bluffton, and you say, okay, now is the time. We, we, we got our, our week one game out. Now it's really we have to start hammering it because the early part of your ACAC schedule is absolutely loaded. Right. And and some of those things can be very tenuous. You know, the lapel, you know, we had already lost one of our captains, the Woodland game week three. Um, and then we beat South Adams, which is gigantic simply because of the success they've had, you know, and, and going to state. People don't understand how rare that is. Even at this, even at a place like Snyder, I mean, I mean, it's just a hard thing to do, and to do it, you know, to have two teams in our conference we go to state in the last couple of years is impressive. So, you know, to get that win was huge. To come back and get it was huge. And then week six we go down to Lapel, very good two A team, and we lose two more starters to season ending. One a captain, one a lineman, one a linebacker. So we're now going into Bluffton. We were down four starters that had played all season and uh, they jumped on us early. I think it was 20 to nothing, you know, I think it was 27 and half. And it was like, it was just one of those deals where, Hey, is this how it's going to be guys? You know, I'm still going to love you, but is this, <laughs> what, is this what you want? Is this, is this how it's going to be? And they made the decision. I'd love to say coaches and how, how it's going to be. And second half took care of itself. And, you know, we won out the rest of the year and then, Sectional game played the, the the best we'd played against Norwell since I've been at Heritage. We still lost, but made some strides in that area as well. So, yeah, there's some critical moments though along the way that if they go your way, you can really gain some traction and get going. Coach, final question before we let you go. You've been uh, in the uh, the ACAC now for uh, over a decade now, Bluffton and Heritage. Is it more fun to watch the SAC not having to be a part of it? not having to deal with everything you got to deal with in the SAC. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's just football is football, first yeah. of all. And there's, there's differences to everything. You know, the hardest part about the hardest part, I mean, the hardest part of being the ACAC is, is some of the offenses you got to try and stop. Sure. I mean, nobody runs the wing T in the city. And then we got to line up and try and stop Adam central's wing T you know, with Bloom at fullback or Hirely <laughs> or some other kid down there that's going to run over you. I mean, you know, and that that's not an easy thing. And that, not like it's easy to stop Carroll's spread or Snyder's offense either, but it's a different hard, right? Right. And then, you, you know, you, so it's just it's just a different style. It it really makes you, it really stretches you. You know, you you don't have some of the speed that you have in the city, you know, but then every now and then you do. You got to figure that out, right? You know, and so it's just it's, it's a different scenery, but it's the same problems. You know, it's the same deal. <laughs> and the cool thing about, like I said, the ACAC now, I think, in my opinion, and I have to say I'm biased, but it's a very competitive conference now. Yeah, I mean, just look back to week one. I think Woodland was the only team that lost, and they lost to a really good East Side team, thirty to twenty. Right. Right. I think everybody else in the conference won last week. They did. Southern Wells won. You know, with their new head coach. You know, so, I mean, it's it's going to be a deal now. I mean, ACAC, for a team that wins ACAC, is going to be ready. And I think even three, four, five teams in the conference will be ready for a strong tournament run just because of the competition we have in our conference now. 
All right, buddy. We kept you from the food too long. Appreciate the yeah, time, no man. Kidding. Good luck tomorrow against Fairfield, buddy. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yep, absolutely. All right, take care. You too. That was Coach Casey Kolkman of the Heritage Patriots joining us here. We're going to take a break, come back. Coach Kurt Tippman, Snyder Panthers will join us. His team heading up to Kendallville tomorrow to take on the East Noble Knights. We'll break down the Panthers week one. Also look ahead to tomorrow evening when we come back here on the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Services' loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Field house is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Field House can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Field House, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, Fieldhouse. Over the past few years, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected how we live our daily lives. Today, one in five Americans experience emotional and mental health challenges, but many of us do not understand what we are facing or how to ask for help. At the American Psychiatric Association Foundation, we work every day to eliminate stigma, combat mental illness and substance use disorders, and advance mental health. If you or someone you love needs help, you are not alone. Please visit mentallyhealthynation.org to learn more. I expect it to be a lot easier. I thought it was going to be a piece of cake. I didn't know what step to take next. I was transitioning from the military. I was a vehicle gunner. An avionics specialist. I was an MP, military police. My friends thought I could do anything. I missed my unit, my family. Playing with my daughter, I, I felt like a stranger. I was overwhelmed. I couldn't sleep. I just wanted to be by myself. I didn't have a clear sense of what to do next. I was too proud. And then I thought, if I'm going through this, other veterans have gone through it too, too right? It started to open up. And it made a huge difference. So I reached out and I saw that I wasn't alone. Because before I was able to take on my next mission, I had to take on just taking care of myself. To find purpose. purpose. Go to maketheconnection.net to learn how other veterans have overcome the challenges of transitioning out of the military. Welcome back to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody, to the High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny here. For about 10 more minutes, we'll give way to Colts-Eagles final preseason game for both. Anthony Richardson gets the start for the Colts tonight. Do we see him for a series, two series, a quarter, a half? About to find out as the Colts battle Philly this evening. Coverage beginning here in about 10 minutes or so. Tomorrow night here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. It is the game of the week. Carroll Chargers hosting the Warren Central Warriors, a team very or very familiar, excuse me, with Warren Central. Are the Snyder Panthers who went down to Warren last week, got a 42-20 to 20 win. Head coach of the Panthers, Mr. Kurt Tippman. Coach, good evening. Good evening, Justin. Thanks for having us. 
Absolutely, Coach. And I can imagine you on the on the bus ride home last week just beaming, saying this is exactly what we were looking for with non-conference games. And, and by gosh, you guys went down there and got a big dub against a perennial power. Well, if I were to say that we expected that to happen, I'd be lying. <laughs> um, you know, we we just played really well for game one and, and played very physical. And, um, you know, things worked out really, really well. And I think any time you play game one and you have so many of those questions about your team, you don't know, you know, new guys, how they're going to respond to the first time being in a Friday night fray. And um, you don't know the character of your team. Like when you get down by uh, eight points in the beginning of the first quarter, really nothing went right in the first quarter. Uh, how are they going to respond to those kinds of situations? And, you know, our guys answered that question pretty affirmatively and, you know, showed that they have character, showed that they would fight back, showed that they could play tough and, and then execute at a somewhat high level to be able to, you know, withstand a really good Warren Central team. Coach, going into the season, is one of the questions traditionally not knowing how physical your team is going to be able to play, or is that something going into the season you know, okay, I know our guys are tough and they're going to be physical and answer the bell when they're challenged, or is that an unknown entering each season for you? I think it's unknown, you know, especially with new guys in the lineup. Um, there's just no way to simulate some of that physicality uh, until they get into a, you know, that situation against a physical opponent. Um, you know, we, we like to think that we do things that demonstrate toughness, but sometimes that's a lot of mental toughness. But when you crash into somebody 60 times in a game, you know, your will sometimes gets questioned on whether or not you want to do that 61 and 62 and 63 times. And so we knew it would be that kind of game against Warren Central. They're, a physical team. They like to run the ball. They weren't going to play flag football and chuck it all over the park. I mean, it was going to be uh, in the trenches. They had uh, four guys returning on the offensive line that started for them last year and, and four really talented defensive linemen, three of which that played for them last year. So they had a lot of returning experience, and, and we just knew it would be a physical game. So um, we'd like to think that we, you know, we, we know the toughness of guys, but the physical part of it is something that I think still have questions as you enter into the, the actual game season. Did you get all the answers you wanted to in that respect out of this one? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that we, we we're, we're not on the defensive front. We're not real big. And so our worry is not just because of lack of toughness or, or want to be physical. And sometimes you just get, overwhelmed by size and ability of the opposing offensive line. You know, we, we run into that at times where, you know, just the size and the, and the girth of an offensive lineman is just can't combat it with a 190 pound defensive lineman or a, a guy that's faster. We, you know, we want to play with speed on the defensive front. And so you're always worried about just getting physically, you know, road graded per se, you know, offensive line, we're big and physical, you know, we, and we faced that all summer, so I think that's something that helped prepare us for something like what we saw in game one. But I think we, we answered the question, and, and more so the kids, that some of the scheme we employ is meant to combat some of that physicality and some of that mindset of the offense just going to line up and grind out three or four yards. Um, you know, they proved to themselves that the scheme, you know, is, is part of the answer to that equation.
Coach, I thought two guys that stood out from highlights that I saw defensively, Landon Fry at uh, at linebacker and Anthony Hernandez kind of on the edge, maybe two guys that people aren't really familiar with, but I thought that those, those guys, particularly along that front seven, were just exceptional for you. Definitely, and Anthony to begin with. Um, you know, Warren Central from the shotgun employs kind of a, a triple option from the gun and, and do a lot of reading of the defensive end. So they put Anthony in a lot of those decision-making conflicts. And, you know, what he did a really good job was, was being disciplined in his responsibility so that he could kind of play two parts of the option. And he did it really, really well and, and allowed him to be in that tackling position quite a bit. And I think, you know, maybe seven or eight tackles on the night um, really was a key part in defending their option. And then Landon, you know, a guy that, um, played a lot for us last year. He's he's a big, physical, very talented guy, and a lot of people focus on Lucas, um, but Landon's you know very capable as well, and he's he's a big physical guy too. So you know he led us in tackles, and you know those guys on the edge and then up the middle really did a good job in stopping their option game. Coach Kurt Tippmann, Snyder Panthers, joining us here in the High School Coaches Show. Coach, uh, how would you grade out Kieran Billingsley's first start behind center? <laughs> Exciting, uh, <laughs> dynamic. Um, you know, he is—he's a smooth operator, and he—he—we've always known that he has the ability to make plays. But what's impressed me more this August and as he, we've prepared this summer is his leadership and his kind of command of the offense, and just taken over and, and made it kind of his own. Um, through the course of these practices leading up to this game. And I mean, he is very comfortable running the show, very comfortable with the spotlight on him, very comfortable with the ball in his hands, executing the offense. And what he did Friday, you know, he made the routine plays. Um, he threw it, uh, you know, probably better than what he thought he would. You know, made some really nice throws. Um, but really a lot, I mean, we were under pressure all night. You know, their, their edge guys uh, are phenomenal players. And uh, we didn't have much time to throw the ball at all. But what he could do is extend some plays. And you saw three plays that turned – two of them turned into touchdowns. One was for a big first down that, I mean, he makes something out of nothing. And, um, you know, really special plays that, that had a huge impact on the outcome of the game. He just has the ability to, to do some of the things on his own um and you know ad lib per se and um make some things special things happen and he's going to be exciting to watch he'll get better at protecting the ball um because we had some turnovers but you know with with some of the risks that he takes you know the outcomes on the other end are some pretty uh, amazing plays and and really talented uh, guy running the offense Coach, before we let you go, you got a big win on the road last week. What, what's the message heading into tomorrow night for another big one up in Kendallville? Road Warriors, you know, we, we opened the season with three road games. Never yeah. done that in the history of Snyder football. So um, that's been kind of our preaching all summer is, you know, we got to be tough right at the beginning because we're on the road for three straight weeks. Um, great atmosphere last week. And then another great atmosphere um, this Friday night. You know, one of the uh, really good programs in Northeast Indiana and East Noble and Coach Hamstutz and their staff have always done a good job. We've always kind of admired them a little bit. You know, we 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 like to 
think we have similar philosophies. You know, we've practiced together a couple times in the summer over the last seven or eight years and got to know them a little bit and their program. And so, you know, I think they're they're similar in a lot of ways and, and some of the values about football that they preach, you know, and the ways of running offense and defense. And, you know, we've actually exchanged some ideas, you know, defensively and, you know, kind of collaborate with each other. But uh, great program, you know, very consistent, always one of the top teams in that conference. You know, made long playoff runs, and um, you know I think it'll be an exciting night. Be a huge crowd. You know, not too far. You know, Indianapolis is two hours, but you know, Kendallville. Podcasts by Federated Media.